Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing Me. <laughs> Grin and I'm <laughs> Oh, please head to our Patreon so you could see that. <laughs> the preemptive pep talk I gave myself. <laughs> the, the big pep talk that you needed to take the intro laying down. <laughs> Why do we drink? <laughs> I don't know. To feel better? To feel something? Because it's fun? Because <sighs> alcohol's tasty. Because I drank too much tequila last night. Oh my god, tequila, no. I know. That's, that's your downfall. It's getting hard to hold my hand up. Switch arms. <laughs> Rainy is uh, lying horizontal across my couch right now. Hold it, just dangling the mic in front of her mouth like a little fishing hook. <laughs> Something's wrong with me. She showered here this morning. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what that means, basically I uh, just might have been the drunkest person in Canada last night. <laughs> Possibility. <laughs> if you saw me last night, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean what I said. And I probably didn't know what I was saying. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you looked great. I looked like the Matrix, yeah. You were wearing a full leather outfit, and you were wearing it when you walked in, and I really appreciated it. Oh, you didn't even see the top I had on with it. I don't know. I love the jacket, though. Yeah, that's my cool... You call that my cool girl jacket. It is your cool girl jacket. It's that in the plaid one that I really like. What plaid one? Or oh, the, the red and... The wool one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like oversized blazer. Uh, I want you to know that that uh, jacket... I got from the men's section at Forever 21 when they were closing. <laughs> I love that. And then the leather one I got from Alma. Oh. Like all of my good pieces. All of your cool clothes are from your grandma, Alma. She was the best. She was a socialite. So <laughs> yeah. And if you're hearing this, Lacey and Ginger, I got them because I'm cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I was the favorite. Yeah. Just kidding. They'll never listen to this. <laughs> no. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Um, guys, how's it going? We hope you're doing good. Yeah. It's Tuesday. Better than me. Good probably. Tuesday. If you're hungover. It's okay. Drink a Gatorade. Don't drink three coffees like I just did because you will not feel better. <laughs> no, you will not. Yeah. But do eat some cheese croissants because those are delicious. Yeah. Go lay down on a couch face down. <laughs> Let yourself grieve. Put on your comfiest clothes, yeah. your warmest sweater, and uh, listen to today's episode. Or my warmest sweater. All right. You need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't come down in my pants, too. Well, these ones are cozy. <laughs> Also, you got shorter legs than me. So it's true. I, think I really was wondering fits. which ones you were going to put on. <laughs> Some flood pants. Yeah. Corinne, I also got ready at Corinne's house last night, and she wasn't here. <laughs> Just showed up to get ready at her house because I didn't want to go all the way home. And uh, Corinne came back from work, and all of my stuff was all over her. It was like so much stuff I thought Rainy was moving in. <laughs> Yeah, it's also hard to get ready in your bathroom when you're in a rush. Like, shit falls down and then, like, everything falls down. Hey, hey. <laughs> just like, how do I put this pallet back? I just left it. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to just, like, fuck up the composition of what was going on. It's true. It only fits nicely a very certain way. Yeah. Okay, we need to wrap this intro okay. because I'm getting tired of holding the mic to All right. but, with you. <laughs> but please, I really hope that you listen to this and you're like, wow, this is so ridiculous. I want to see it, not just listen to it. And you head to our Patreon and subscribe and yeah. become a Patreon member for exclusive video content for $1 a month. Yeah. And if you're looking at the Patreon, my Knicks underwear are 
right up to my belly button past that. So, Nick's, if you're looking for a sponsor, we're the ones. <laughs> we are the ones. We're both wearing them right now. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what Nick's is, please Google it if you're a woman. And please Google it if you're yeah. a guy because you should support the women in your life by buying them period underwear. Yeah. And if you're the CEO of Nick's, Joanna, I love you to pieces. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe we should actually reach out to them. We gotta, we gotta wrap this. I can't hold my mic any longer like this. Okay. Today's interview is with visual artist Olivia. Here we go. My name is Olivia DiGregorio. I'm a fine artist and um, I work with oil paintings and traditional work. I mean, we can just jump right into it. And if anything comes up, just say no. And okay. We'll, okay. Sure. We'll move around. Yes. Because I have so many questions about this OCAD thing. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, God. Just like specifically because A, like, to be at a university, now that OCAD's a university, you have to have a master's degree to teach, right? Yeah. Isn't that a general rule? No, because this is the thing. If you, so you can get hired on a contract position. And you not a master's You only have to degree. have a master's degree if you're getting um, an associate oh. or, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. a tenure position. Mm-hmm. But I think while you're, you can get hired as a contract position, though they would love for you to have a master's degree or a mm-hmm. graduate degree. There's also this thing called work-life experience that you get mm-hmm. brought in on. So if like, oh. for example, but, like a lot of ballerinas, do you think that they need to have a master's degree to go and teach a ballet no. class? Exactly. This is, right, you've right. got this. So yeah. like, this is it. This yeah. is exactly it. <laughs> Which is the same reason why they let students into master's programs that don't have undergraduate degrees. So like... Mm-hmm. For example, if you had a degree from that wasn't the university from a conservatory instead, right? You could send them in your uh, resume or your CV, and they can accept you for a master's or a PhD on that oh. because your research is already developed and you're already have the experience from life. Right. Yeah. Similar, I guess. Like, because Patricia didn't go to a traditional. Yeah. Patricia. Yeah. Yeah, she went to um, in Montreal. Montreal. She went to. A, Dance school, not a university. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. called a dancer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Patricia, if you're listening to this, we don't remember your. <laughs> we <laughs> love you. <laughs> Miss you lots. <laughs> but yeah, same with um, you know, TDT dancers. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, like it's those programs aren't degreed. Okay, right? they're conservatory programs. But then I find that so that makes sense to me because you have this all this life experience and performance experience or experience in your field, but people just graduating from OCAD and then getting TA positions. Mm-hmm. don't have that same experience like yeah. what are they offering students that someone with world experience can offer well i mean it's like uh not really much i think it's like i was looking at someone's work and they're a great illustrator like mm-hmm. i do like their work but they haven't actually you know had any big jobs like professors have mm-hmm. and yeah. you know if especially what i've noticed they've been doing is they get them to teach drawing and painting first for illustration, mm-hmm. which is like just observational drawing and painting. It's pretty easy, you know, but mm-hmm. it's like for drawing, you still have to teach them perspective, proportion, you know, mm-hmm. like a different methods of actually capturing the individual. And some of these people are not able to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like people are paying like $900 for a semester for like to going towards this class. And they're learning from a student. And it's like, yeah, TAs are typically like students in master programs or whatever like that. But these people aren't ready. Like there's yeah. one individual who they hadn't had like any group exhibitions that were for actual like gallery spaces. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't won any awards. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say that awards mean anything. Right. But their portfolio was also like very limited at the time. Right. And then they just got a TA position. And it's like, 
okay, and they, it's good that they are developing with time. Like what they did with that call for people was we're looking for people who are moldable, who are not per se ready, but who we can like create good educators from. You know? Right, and that's I think where the question lies is just because you're not you're not the top of your field does that necessarily mean that you can't teach it right because a teaching skill is very different than the physical skill sometimes yeah. right there's terrible teachers that are wonderful yeah. and there's <laughs> oh, wonderful yeah. people who are terrible teachers you know it just mm -hmm. totally or yeah. great teachers that are might not necessarily be you know as great as the people at the top of their field right mm -hmm. so it's finding that balance i think when you're placing professors or, or creating a department, how can you find equal balance between those two things, right? Yeah. But yeah. then I wonder in that specific situation, if that person is actually getting like pedagogy instruction from someone older than them. Like as a mentorship. Yeah. Oh, is there yeah. like a mentorship relationship where I'm like giving you the skills that we're going to hone your teaching skills? Right. Yeah. Or are I mean, they just like being thrown to the wolves mm -hmm. kind of like figure it out definitely getting a mentorship where okay. you know they're teaching them basically like this is how you lead the class mm -hmm. you know and that kind of thing but the thing that just really bothered me was like i know this professor who they were ta for years mm -hmm. and like they had to go to new york to get their masters they had to spend like so Why would you much go? money i'm sorry i do not understand i mean i do but like <laughs> mm -hmm. it's free for you to get your masters in canada Oh, really? You get paid yeah, to get you your master's your... in Canada. I got paid to get my master's. What? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Like, This is should... hot info. Especially as an artist. <laughs> okay, well, maybe not in like a law degree. Like, don't, it's not for like a law degree. But um, but you can do like a master's of business and stuff in the companies you're working for. If they want you to get higher educated, we'll get paid you to do those kind of right. things. But in terms of like arts or if you're doing it in like a research, any terms of research in terms of psychology or, you know, biology or whatever it may be, um, it's you're paid for it holy like you're fully funded and you can get more funding too like it especially as an artist it's i would highly suggest getting your master's as an artist oh, for if sure. you're interested in just like a topic that maybe didn't mm -hmm. come across an undergrad or if your research has like formed into a place that you're interesting in you need some time to develop that mm -hmm. skill mm -hmm. you get paid for it and yeah. you can apply for funding too if you're like a motivated individual with good writing skills Oof, yes, 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 yes. Because it, it, it makes sense for universities. Graduate students make sense because a their research provide makes the university look amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're free TAs. Well, not free. They get paid, but like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a cheap form of teaching that the professors don't have to do as much work for. So, like, so a professor will get maybe like seven. Maybe they'll get a class that has seven different classes. So they'll teach like one like big like uh, intro to. Art, whatever <laughs> intro to art wow what a broad topic <laughs> and, then, and then they'll like have seven of those classes right okay, and it's okay. all maybe it's students that are coming from like a different uh, department that needs to fill an art an art degree credit or an art credit sorry and then they'll make the ta take three those classes and three of those classes and it makes sense because then the ta's learning how to become an educator they're also able to teach their research and learn how their research is developed in different brains. And then it they get paid for it through the university. How, makes, does, how does this, how? I didn't know either until she was applying for her master's. And she's like, I'm not taking it if they don't fully fund me. And I was like, that's me? amazing. Remember? Wow. Holy, no, no. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's really I amazing. Mean, I didn't know that until Sarita Hector, who's like amazing and like she was like really helped like kind of mentor me through my my masters. She told me that and I was like that's the best part, piece of information you should ever get is like a master's yeah. student. Like never take a position if they're not paying you. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking levels of value. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Is this through the government or OSAP? So or? this, yeah. So it gets through, you can apply for OSAP, but I never did because what ends up happening is loans. No. So the university mm. plot gives you funding. You get like a fellowship and a grant. Um, so you'll get like a federal grant. You'll get one from the university, from the mm. department. Um, and then you can apply for OSAP, but what ends up happening is like, they want you to have money, but they don't want you to have like too much money. Of course. So they like, this is a struggle with all student loans. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So then OSAP will be like, you can get OSAP, but then you just end up getting less fellowship money. Oh, so it like plays this like double edged sword. So it doesn't make sense to go into. And at that point I could have applied for the 40, I thought I was gonna be able to apply for like the 40,000. Cause you get, you get, then you end up only having to pay like half of it back. Um, but it didn't even make sense for me to do that with the OSAP when I like calculated the numbers throughout two years. So, um, yeah. So I didn't even apply for OSAP. Okay. And I worked, I mean, I still worked like part time for more living money, right? Yeah. For like Mm. money, but like it paid for like my, I didn't have to pay for a course. It paid for like a large sum of like my living expenses. Yeah. It was good. Very, very nice. I would suggest getting a master's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fellowships. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about those as well. And I just, I don't know. I'm, the reason why, like, some visual artists go to New York, though, is because, like, they have better schools. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I would take a Canadian fellowship, though. Like, yeah. So many people are teaching themselves nowadays anyway. Yeah. I, I, I totally get why people go to the States. And if it was for my undergrad... I would go to the States for my undergrad, but for a master's program where you're really just thinking about your own research, I guess depending on what you wanted to do in your master's program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I did originally apply for Laban in the UK, but Brexit was happening. So it was going to be like a huge, huge like sum of money. Yeah. Um, but I, I really don't, I think that as a master's student, when you're just thinking about your own research, I guess it depends what you're wanting to do your master's for. If you're thinking about getting your own research, then just do it in Canada. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. can get paid for it. There's why would you go into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt going to the States mm-hmm. or when mm-hmm. you can abroad mm-hmm. or going to or abroad yeah. when you can, I think Europe, there's like something, oh, you can, it's a little bit cheaper. Oh yeah. Europe but, loves the arts. So yeah, bad. It's cheaper yeah. in Europe, but um, in, when you can just get paid for it in Canada mm-hmm. and build a community of like, and a network of people already. Helping your professional life. Helping your professional life. Yeah. 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 Because, like, how many people were in your cohorts that you, A, already knew, or B, but now? Oh. Didn't you know? But you knew Patricia before. Yes, I did. I know. I knew Patricia. That was it. Yeah, yeah. But you were aware of, like, Natasha Powell and Sarita Hector. Yes. Sarita Hector wasn't in my cohort. She had gotten, Mm -hmm. it was her first year as a contract position. Right. As a, as a, a contract teacher for the university. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know, I knew of Natasha Powell because she had just won the Dora for Oh um, Jazz. Yeah. Um, Best Life Awards, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I didn't know, like it was, a, they like really did a good job of like curating 
like people from different walks of life or like different like interests and research. That's what I love. Yeah. So you get to like <sighs> understand like there was a flamenco dancer in mine. There was like Natasha Powell who's like very different style than me and isn't interested in totally different things than me. Uh, who, and there was a few other people that were like also like older, more mature students who were interested in like um, kids theater and dance. Oh my God. So that it like really like broadens your horizon to and gives you opportunity within the university to like mm -hmm. work with semi-professional individuals, you know? Oh, that's mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I'd, why doesn't it feel like visual arts is like this? Maybe it, it is. is. It is. You can apply for your, for your master's and it's okay. the same thing. I would totally do that. Like the thing I just, oh, I'm so upset about the ageism in the visual arts though. Oh, you know? what do you it's mean? Like, there are so many programs where it's like, oh, this residency is only available to people that are like 18 to 30 mm -hmm. or like, you know, and there's nothing for people that are like 30 and on. And because at mm. that point they assume you're mid career. But it's like, right. I, I know someone who is like 30 in their mid 30s. And it's like they just started becoming an artist now. So it's right. like, what do you, what happens to those people? It's like there there's like even this older woman who she's a writer. And there's probably something for her, but it's like, ah, oh, she was in my writing class and she was making the most professional work. Mm -hmm. She was, it was like, she would make her own paper. It's like, she would carry like totems to have with the writing experience mm -hmm. and like the smokes and scents. And it was beautiful. And it's like, I think of those kinds of artists and it's like, what do they get? You know? I like, I would just lie. Oh, yeah. Like, what is hard? Like, what the yeah. fellowship is going to go into your social security number and check what age you are, what hospital you were born at? Yeah. Fucking lie. <laughs> if they're going to be ageist, lie your mm -hmm. ass off. Yeah. That's a good point. Especially if you're like right around the like, you got a year or a couple. Mm -hmm. I don't even, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't think it matters, you know? Like, right. Yeah. Good point. That's such a good point. It's also like, I think like things like that that, um, have these like age numbers on them. They're also assuming that everybody's had the same career trajectory right. and the same opportunities, yeah. which is not true. Yeah. Or like the same like choices in life and no one's approaching it at like a later age, which I think is like limiting, you know, to like their pool of people that they could yeah. support or a pool of people that yeah. they could like give more education to. I mean, that's like a huge, huge thing. I feel that's so hard. It's like, mm -hmm. I think Artscape, Young Place, was called out for it recently. Oh, really? Yeah, because they announced a new um, a new award or residency for people of, like, you know, fucking, like, early 20s to just at 30. Mm -hmm. And then there were people mm -hmm. like, oh, great, another one of these. Like, what about for people who are older that need this kind of opportunity, you know, especially, like... Also, why are we even creating like divisiveness between age why not just mm -hmm. open it up and the best person wins yeah they're making yeah. it a competitive thing between mm. younger people and like older emerging artists yeah yeah i mean like we've just an interesting point in general about like when they create you know these like certain things i mean yeah mm -hmm. i wonder if it would be like more beneficial to run if you want to run programs for emerging artists it has to be like years of experience mm. or years post-graduation, maybe. If right. you have a formal arts like education, mm. like within the first five years after graduation, this is like a program for you. Yeah, because the word emerging is like, oh, we, so, just, we talk about this all the time. I mean, Zoe Kennelly is like one of my favorite people. I, I'll never forget. We were like on tour and she was losing her mind <laughs> trying to write something. And she's like, she, she was like complaining about... 
she was well, not complaining. She was just making a comment, I guess. But like, what emerging? Like, what is that even? Like, mm-hmm. when am I not going to be emerging? Like, I get, I've graduated. I've been working. I'm emerged. Like, <laughs> she's like, what does that even fucking mean? And it was such a valid like point. Like, how long are you emerging for? And is it just until you decide you're done emerging? In which case, like, what does that mean? You know? Yeah. Oh my god. My weird understanding of it is like from the Canadian Arts Council's perspective, is 10 years as a professional. Right. Then you're no longer emerging. Then you're a mid-career artist. Right. No. I think. That, I mean, that also might be an outdated thing that I know, but I remember reading that somewhere, but not recently. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, once you're mid-career, it's like you can fully depend on your craft alone, I guess. I mean, mean, can you in Canada? (laughs) That's a good, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think any, I mean, I would say Mm -hmm. the three, maybe under 10% can depend Mm -hmm. on their career alone and no other income. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a professor of mine who didn't want, like, um, he didn't want anyone to know that they were teaching. And I kind of get it. It's like. I don't know. It feels like in the visual arts sometimes it's like you would be better off looking like a starving artist than you would like an artist that's just living. Yeah, but the romanticism of starving artists is like outdated at this point. I don't think any of us Mm -hmm. want to be starving artists anymore. Yeah. I mean, maybe we do. Maybe when you're like young and bright eyed and like bushy tailed. (laughs) But like... I have bills to pay. I mean, there's some places I want to visit. <laughs> Once you realize that, like, your phone bill is, like, at least 100 bucks, I think you're like, I'm done with this. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wonder also if that's, like, um, when I think about people, like, that have a mindset similar to that, is if it's, like, an age thing. Oh. Right? If that professor was older yeah. and been like, I wish I could survive on just selling my art and for me to fall in quotes, fall back on teaching seems mm-hmm. like a step down or a step mm-hmm. away from my art. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. in reality, that is just a different experience of your art, which may might deepen your practice yeah. or your understanding of it yourself. Yeah. Teaching, like, um, I mean, for this teacher, like, I think that for him, he really came to miss teaching afterwards. Yeah. But it's like, there's always a goal of, you know, this isn't going to be my end all, you know, like I want to do more. Right. Yeah. 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 And that does become when you're teaching, I think there is like a weird thing where you do have to commit to a degree to your students. Because if you're just focused on your work, it's like almost quite selfish. Like you're like using, you know, using the, all of the good parts about having, you know, benefits, uh, having the money, having, you know, all of these facilities for free. If you're not like educating and helping your students and that's kind of if your second thought, then that mm. becomes an issue. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But sometimes what, I mean, what they should be doing is that using like to a higher degree, using these like people that they have as like research subjects, it's like free research bodies. Right. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Or using them as a, yeah. Oh, know. yeah, you actually, know? that's, like, I don't, there's another thing, like, some professors have, I've heard that what they'll do is they'll teach first years so they can steal their ideas. And oh, basically, really? in, in illustration, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be hard in in visual arts. I'm, not trying, to think, I'm trying to think of, like, how that would be an example in. in are you thinking about our program? Or just in general, in, mm-hmm. like, dance, mm-hmm. it's hard to, how would you... 
I guess like taking advantage of the protege, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Assume like not giving them any like autonomy over themselves and just like running really like physically and emotionally demanding, maybe borderline abusive programs. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. How, I mean, and that happens what often, I would say almost every, Oh yeah. Oh wow. Every program has that happening. Oh yeah. Like dance programs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I imagine arts as well. Yeah. 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 And it, I wonder about like, I mean, that idea, that like relationship between like older mentor or not even mentor, but like older person taking advantage of like protégés and how, because there's so much like talk about that happening. Mm -hmm. Like we're constantly like all aware of it. We're like all cautionary tales of it, Mm -hmm. but how do, how do you like know like how does that stop oh you know how do you know is it just like a more self-awareness in which case it's putting it all on the protege or the young person who's like hungry and just wants to succeed is it going to eventually like die out as we all become more educated about it and like those artists kind of veer off what is the solution <sighs> yeah I would really like to believe like there's an idealism where the mentor just respects the protege. Like, yeah, you're a developing adult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God. But you don't think that'll, that's a, I don't know. Cause there's that ageism is a huge thing. It's yeah. like the competition between the two. And I've noticed like, even, you know, in certain schools of thought, it's like the professor doesn't want to acknowledge the student for their whole ability because their competition in the future like they're already thinking about like you know how can I use this situation to benefit me like maybe right. someday down the road you'll be giving me a job you know right it's huge in like oh some some spaces I have visited in the past right you know yeah it also makes me think about what it what it gives the like the mentor or the older artist in terms of like having good like it it just makes me think about like does is it also like when like an educator wants like to have people that they mentor like a good list of people that they mentor succeed Mm. you know I think you would want that yeah exactly it reflects well on you but even Mm. then is it taking advantage that's an interesting... That's an interesting... Yeah. I, I guess it's, like, so long as it's mutually beneficial. Yes. Yes. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm educating you. You are learning. Right. You are succeeding, which looks good on my ability to teach mm-hmm. and on my craft as a professor. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then where does that line get crossed? Or why is that line constantly being crossed? Like, you mm-hmm. know... Oh man, I honestly, the thing that would bother me in that situation is like where there are students that are missing out on those opportunities, you know? Favoritism? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I mean, I can speak directly to that in like my university experience. I was in this, I was in a dance program where I felt that I was left behind constantly. Like I was in a dance program paying for performance experience and I didn't get cast in anything in school for four years until my last semester and I was cast as an understudy. Oh my god! Yeah, I did make it on stage. <gasps> just so everybody knows. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, I think there, but there was people that were like in multiple performances a semester and being cast in everything and then like crying because they didn't get cast in exactly what they wanted to, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like, so oh. there's like, and I understand that there's like a skill difference. Like that person might've been better than me, but did that person. But is that the is university at that point in those young dancers careers or in your, it is that the university's job is to make a judgment call on skill difference or is it to prepare you to leave to be in the professionals? That. Mm. It's the latter. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In which case, like, they're not doing their fucking job. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know? Yep. It's like... And then there's the other side of it where they're doing too good of a job. <laughs> and taking advantage of certain students who are skilled. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Pick and choosing performances already before final year is kind of, like, just fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Performance series are wild. Yeah. It also reminds me of, like, um, one of your recent episodes. Um, I forget his name. Stephen Ho? Or he um, he teaches at Sheridan, and he was talking about Soul Pepper. Richard. Yeah, Richard. Richard. Yeah. Richard. Yeah. 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 That was... I always held Soul Pepper to, like, such a high standard, you know? I mean, they're very different now. Yeah. Because they're under a completely new direction. Okay. And a completely new body body of directors and staff so Mm -hmm. yeah okay cool cool that's perfect I feel like (laughs) uh, I don't know sometimes I feel like COVID's like brought on a lot of new changes like a lot of new administration and you know like uh, you know sometimes not but (laughs) for OCAD I, I mean for the illustration department I feel like there's been like some good changes too you know yeah I mean are they back full time in inside yeah hmm I don't think so, no. Mm. No, you have to get, like, an ID card to go inside. Mm. Um, right. So, But they're not teaching inside. It's, like, all on Zoom. Wow. wow. Still? Still? Yeah. Did they not implement, like, a vaccine policy and then... They have a vaccine policy where you have to, like, scan your vaccine card to get into the building. Yeah. And there are certain, like, you know, students can go inside yeah. if you need to to maybe see a teacher in person. But everything's on Zoom. And I'm, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't know how they do that. Like, I, life painting, life drawing on Zoom, it's done. It happens, but it's also like so different. Like painting from like a, a, a camera versus life. Well, it's. I mean, it's already just like one. It's already two D. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just take a picture of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I used to run like a life painting group, and. Um, like there was a whole debate about should we have it on Zoom or not, you know, and there was it was very 50 50, you know, because really? like there are a lot of professional teles that refuse to do it online. Mm-hmm. And then there are some that are like, you know what, we're missing out on a huge demographic by not having these classes at all. Mm-hmm. So we have to just open it because some people fly in for these classes. Well, also, like what? I mean, is there an opportunity for them to paint something that they have in person? Oh, yeah. To, or, yeah. like, another mm-hmm. person, if they lived with another person or another, mm-hmm. like, being uh, iguana. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you yeah. still long enough, probably. Just, that's yeah. why I picked an iguana, obviously, not so a cat. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> like, the still life classes do really well for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do really well. But, like... Iguana would be your perfect model. <laughs> I wish. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it's just, like, um, there's... It's so much to ask for someone to just sit for you for a little bit. 
you know? It's like um, I've had some friends that modeled for me. He's incredibly generous, yeah. you know? But, um, yeah, for, for some people, they can't get someone to even just, like, sit for them for half an hour. And I kind of get that, you know? It's like yeah. things are going on. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking um, and talking to one of my friends who paints, um, like, from real life. Or, mm-hmm. like, from, sorry, still alive? Is that what's going Yeah. And um, we've been talking about doing, like, a... Uh, like a collaboration together how long does it take to like to do how long do you have to sit for it well typically you'll maybe sit for 30 minutes okay at a time and then have to do it again exactly yeah Mm, sometimes um people can go longer but it's like based on what you're comfortable with yeah yeah you know and then you'll take a break they can like these sessions can go on for five hours if you feel like you can go that long you know um but like Five hours seems like a lot for me. In yeah. one sitting, also, you have to be like still or like relatively in the similar position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my muscles. But exactly. breaks, breaks yeah. throughout. It is really hard though. Some models, like most models in universities, will do three hours chunks. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's your class time, and then you come back next week yeah. or like later on in the week whenever you're yeah. good. But, like, the ateliers have different systems, you know, of, like, mm. making it easier for the models. Like, mm. there are props and, like, you know, different um, equipment that you could use. Right. Like, they might be able to use that for you, too, depending on the pose. Right. How mm-hmm. do you pick the pose? Is it you that picks it? Or is it, like, do you, as, like, the artist, get to pick the pose? Oh, so, oh. it's, like... Um, it depends what they have in mind for you, Yeah, you know, like if they want it to be more about you, yeah, yeah. then they'll probably make you do it first. You know what, like what I would do with my group is I'd have the model kind of get comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and then afterwards we can kind of like decide what their comfort level is with like, if we should go with that pose or a different pose, mm-hmm. like, cause it's like the setup, the composition, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe they have a costume in mind for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is going to be more like nude so i don't <laughs> like, me like one of your french girls nice. me, like, one of your french girls. <laughs> and you're just gonna be comfortable they want yeah. you to be comfortable yeah mm-hmm. interesting that's great that you're doing that yeah well we've been talking and he has been like i mean he like has been painting that way for years he's like such a wonderful artist his apartment's like so wonderful there's like paintings all over it mm. um and we were just like talking one day like kind of as a joke and he was like yeah we should do like a little collab and i was like Ooh, yeah. So we've been like back and forth just like whenever there's time. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, and he's trying to paint more because he wants to go back to school to do his master's. So we've been thinking about it. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually like prime portfolio material. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I mean, like, oh, there are a number of grants I can think of where nude modeling is really it sells really well, too. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to send me those after because I like yeah. I want to I want him to like be painting more because oh, it just like what makes sure. him more happy and I would love to send him those okay. opportunities. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Canada. Oh wow, Canada. There's not much for it, but there is one huge like Elizabeth Green Shields. Yeah, yeah. You know them? No, no, no. I was just more oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like interested. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Elizabeth me, Green Shields Foundation. <laughs> They're like huge for realism and they only support the fine arts really yes it has to be realism specifically because yeah. any other than that yeah. i don't know it's really interesting how they're like two like distinct schools of thought right in visual arts like it's either going to be like 
abstract right or it's got to be realist in some capacity okay you know but this one is they're really big they give huge grants they right. fund people's masters alone what so your work though is it more realism i think i'm kind of like in between okay because i fantasy yes yeah. yes <laughs> well that's why i was like it's not abstract but like no. it would be yeah i was trying to figure it out it's fantasy realism but yeah. it's also like there are some aspects of abstractionism that I love. Right. You know, it's like the Sergeant, John Singer Sergeant. I don't know if you guys know him, but he's a very famous American painter from like the 18th century. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I'm thinking of his brushstrokes and how like it's almost like a metaphor. Okay. You know, it's not like. In the traditional ateliers, it's like every tone is accounted for, you know, mm. it's like you have a system going up from like one to ten, you know, mm. but for him, it's like everything is so subtle, mm -hmm. you know, and it's so soft, mm -hmm. but not in an overly blended, like it's summarized, the strokes are summarized. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, no, I think of him, I think of Thomas Lawrence, it's like, I, I just love the way they capture atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And it's not even realistic do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like like there is um photorealism and then there is um oh my god which is like the realist of the realism right yeah. like photorealism yeah mm -hmm. is that like painting from like almost like a picture or you're painting yeah. so like it looks so perfect it looks like a photo oh, exactly yeah oh, okay mm -hmm. you're like is this a photo or is this a painting oh interesting yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 very much and then like but i don't know i used to think that i could go there but it's just so time consuming. And then it ended up feeling like it just wasn't for me, you know? A lot of little brush strokes probably, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Point one brushes, yeah, you yeah. know? <laughs> or starting big and going small. There are like some artists I know that can do it so fast. Like they'll yeah. produce like two of these a month. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I was just thinking about like the, if that, to keep up, if that was what you were interested in, that's what you were doing to keep up with the market and like how you priced your work. Mm -hmm. There's this girl that I follow on Instagram and her work is actually usually more, it's so funny that we're on the subject, is more like strokes and like um, nude figures. But she painted like a, like a, like a square, like this big of like, I'm pointing at a coaster, everybody. Um, <laughs> like, like a this, three by three. A three by three <laughs> of like a gorilla. And she was saying it was like, so it took so many hours and so many tiny brush strokes and it was this like gorilla face. And I was like, man, like that can't be mm -hmm. sustainable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like for your work, like if that takes, I mean, I'm sure you get, you know, you go and you go and you get better and quicker and faster, but yeah. still like, it's not a sustainable practice. How long did it take her to paint it? Hours. Like I think, or I think it was like a couple days. Like it was like, oh. it was an, an amount that I, my first thought was, and maybe that's just like the pessimist me. And I was like, that's mm. not sustainable. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends like what her market is. Yeah. For myself, it's like, I can't do that. I feel like everything I make has to be, has to feel like there's something more, you mm. know? Like nowadays, like I just sold a painting for almost 4K. Wow. And that one was, oh, so much went into it you know I was working like um I was working at the same time as making this piece so of mm -hmm. course that stretches the duration mm -hmm. but oh, I don't satisfaction for me is really important when making the work you know yeah. to like mm -hmm. have this be yeah like if I can if I have the ability to do this full time then this is something I'm happy with 
Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like, I don't know if I can do miniatures yeah. all the time. It's the quantity as well. Yeah. yeah. What, mm-hmm. like, what's always interesting to me about that is, like, when you are painting something, you're painting it because you are inspired by something or, like, you've got, like, some sort of love for something and you're creating this image that's come from your mind. How do you not just, like, how do you choose which paintings you keep for yourself and which ones you sell? I don't know. I feel like they're all for me in a way. Okay. It's very selfish. Or maybe just, like, a number? Like, if someone's, like, pays wants to pay you more, then are you, like, I guess I can part with this one? <laughs> I mean, like, where does it... I mean, for me, it's, like, it's got to be... I don't know. I feel like the more sensitive pieces are ones that I really want to keep, mm. you know? But... I don't know. They're, they're all so emotional. Like, the... Uh, God, it's just hard for me to think about because it's like, I don't really think about keeping a piece. Like, I know I have to get rid of it. Oh, okay. Like, there's always... You this... just run out of space? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's, it's also... Your apartment is, like, covered in painting. <laughs> Honestly, I really have a very small studio. Right. Like, I remember I was, like, introducing some people to it. Like, hey, check out some new work. And they're like, you're painting here. You know, like, this is walk-in closet size. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. There's so many debates for, like, shared studio space versus, yeah. like, at-home studio space. and Yeah. There's also, like, heard horror stories of people, like, oh. like those, like, middlemen that, like, run studio spaces and you, like, rent from them and them being, like, really terrible. Yeah. Like, spaces and landlords and, like no ac and no heat and water like, damage or like water, water damage, damage to stuff yeah. yeah oh my god yeah that's it's horrifying i mean i feel like right now i'm kind of living with that a little bit oh, yeah. because it's like my roommate is just they oh, there's smoke constantly in the apartment so cigarette it's like smoke hmm? cigarette smoke well there used to be cigarette smoke and then it was cooking smoke Oh. But now it's like I've been able to take better care of my paintings, you know, cleaning them regularly. Mm. So it's like, okay, there's this. But what I've heard that's even scarier for like shared spaces, like even bigger shared spaces is like, you know, someone will come in and damage the work or steal something. Mm. I don't know how prevalent that is, though. Mm. Like, I would love to consider it if it was like a 1% thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it also just like depends on if you can afford that, right? Because sometimes it's like renting another fucking apartment. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, and if you're like selling more consistently, yeah, right? if you're consistently totally. selling and you can what take ten percent of that and put it towards your studio space, then that makes sense. Yeah. And you need to leave your house. If you don't need to leave your house, then yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would need to leave my house. Oh yeah, I like. I think if COVID taught us anything, is that we all should leave our house more. <laughs> Correct. (laughs) I want to go back to something you said. Um, How do you know that you're satisfied and done with a piece? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, sometimes it's, I don't know. I feel like it's often when most of the painting is covered, you know? (laughs) But it's like, in a way, it's like there's something that you love in at least a couple sections, mm-hmm. you know? And it's also, like, what do you want for this painting? Like, what is the purpose of this piece? Sure. You know, like, uh, there's, um, I don't know. There was one piece 
that I was just going at for months, you know? And it's like, eventually, okay, I, I have to stop this. I just have to, you know? Like, deadlines are huge. <laughs> but when you can love a piece fully, that's, like, the best feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Where do you um, take inspiration for your work? Oh, so much of it is from, like, listening to stories from loved ones and, like, mythology, creating my own mythology, which is something I've been working on for, like, the last couple years, Mm. you know? It's, like, what I really want to do is just create, like, these magical safe spaces for people, especially for, like, um, uh, for individuals who are kind of, you know, they've had troubled childhoods, so it's kind of just, like, making some place where they can retreat to or some place they should have been, mm. you know? And it's like, it's, it's all fantasy based, but that is, uh, it's, it's hard to describe, I guess, because it's such a delicate thing. Mm. Um, a lot of it comes from like history paintings, like Waterhouse, the Pre-Raphaelites, huge. Mm. Like they were some of like the first, in my mind, I think of them as the first real romanticists. Okay. Like, do you know about the pre-Raphaelites? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Tell us. Tell well, like, they were basically, um, like, kind of rebels for their time. Like, um, it was the 1800s, and back then, like, in the academy, formalism was huge. You mm-hmm. know, it was like, you're painting for the queen, you're painting for the church, you're painting for the rich. You're not painting for, you know, stories. Mm-hmm. Pleasure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can, you, sure, if you paint for stories, you can, but they're not going to sell, mm-hmm. you know. And then these Pirafiolites, a group, you know, of, you know, um, they were students at the time at the atelier. And they were like, yeah, you know what? I really want to just like, fuck it. I'm a romantic, you know. I love poetry. I want to paint the women I love. And I want to, you know, I, I want to like paint these stories. I want to talk right. about mythology, you know, so they did, and they were, like, kind of shunned at first. Like, mm-hmm. they weren't, you know, doing great in the academy, but Millais, um, he painted Ophelia, you know, he came out with that piece, and then it kind of, like, burst the doors open for them. Mm. You know, like, we can talk about these romantic stories, poetry, Shakespeare, and things like that, and there's a place, mm. right? And then there are all these people joining them afterwards, and it's kind of really beautiful but I mean because when you think about it now I feel like personally I feel like nowadays romanticism is so like shamed shamed in the arts Mm -hmm. because it's like people want to talk about distance Mm -hmm. you know they want to um what's the word like to conjure a feeling without talking about the feeling or even like defining the feeling and that's good there's a there's like you know, everyone should have their own response to the work. That's important. Right. But then there's also just, you know, there's zombie formalism. And uh, that's huge right now, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that because of just the time we live in with, like, COVID and people thinking the world is over? <laughs> or is that is that something that's been happening pre I think it's a thing that's been happening for a long time now because it's like it's affected the Canadian art market like crazy, right? especially in the visual arts. Mm. It's like when I graduated from OCAD in 2019, I was so lucky and I was so happy that there was a gallery that was interested in repping me like right out of the gate. And, um, you know, we had discussed like, yeah, I'll show some work with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But they showed some work 
I could like I graduated just recently, so there was not much work, right. you know. Like a lot of that had gone towards my thesis, right. and you know some of the work in my thesis was good for showing in a gallery, but it was an illustrative thesis. So it's right. like some things you really can't fully transfer into a fine art space, right? You know, um, but. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Like illustration can go into fine arts. It's just like some of these pieces, you know, two weeks to work on it, not fully like right. hone it out. But the point with this gallery was, you know, we had the show, like it, I was part of the group show. But um, yeah, the, the collector base was very uh, opinionated about like, you know, why are you showing this artist? What is this new direction you're going in? You know, mm -hmm. like as a you introducing this one new young artist, what does that say about the rest of our collections and our relationship? Mm. You know, and it's we want to branch out, you know, totally. It, yeah. Mm. It's like because this was um, this was a gallery from outside of Ontario. Um, very nice art space. Like they were very much wanting to branch out into New York. And they had already had like some experience in New York markets, but they wanted to do more of that, mm. you know, because the Canadian art market is a little bit conservative with mm. um, their tastes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. We've, totally. We've heard that from so many people. Really? I mean, yeah. even in dance, in terms of the difference between it and European scene is bananas. Yes. Wow. There, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. We've had visual artists that are based here in Toronto say that they sell all over the world except Toronto. Like, except that's amazing. Canada. Yeah. Oh my God. Just like crazy stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's so dark too. It's, it is. It's very true though. It's the Canadian art scene is like very conservative. It's also why I think what we were talking about earlier with like West coast based artists, how everything or a lot of their stuff is based on landscape and land mm -hmm. and they do very well. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, because it's Canada, <laughs> it's Canada. and it's very right. Canadiana. And then it's also, but it's also like conservative. Like no one's going to get mad at a painting of the mountains. <laughs> it's like yeah. hotel art. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and that's, that's like another big thing. Uh, hotel art, you yeah. know, for like jobs for, for painters. It's fine. I don't know. I, I haven't tried it, but it's a little <laughs> bit, well, it's upsetting that, you know, they would hire an emerging artist to basically copy something that someone's done so many times before. Right. Yeah. You know, like, that's what I love Gladstone House for. Like, they're commissioning these new artists yeah. to, like, make work and just, like, have your identity right there. You're yeah. the one that they yeah. want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't been in there since they reopened. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen any of the new stuff right now. I haven't seen that. I've just seen photos, but they're really like beautiful. Nice. Like the fact that they get like these artists to just design whole spaces. Yeah, it's very cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, because your work is like super fantasy realism, is there opportunity for you to cross over into like video game work? I would love to. Yeah, I would really love Especially that. Especially with Ubisoft here in Toronto. Oh yeah. You know? I mean. It's like we it's, there's so much opportunity for those positions. I mean, I don't know how few and far those positions are, yeah. but it feels like there's opportunity for that. Yeah, I've been thinking about these sorts of things a lot too. It's like, I feel there's some weird thing in me where, Olivia, just focus on painting for now, you know? But I want to do concept art, yeah. you know? And game design. 
Oh. Do they, I mean, do you need, would you need another degree for that? Or would you be oh. able to just get, uh, yeah, you'd, I'm sure you I don't, could. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, like I've been, just for my own practice, I've been experimenting with 3D applications oh, and cool. like just things like that. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm in this moment of there's just so much opportunity mm -hmm. because during COVID, things kind of like went on pause a little bit because mm -hmm. like um, a loved one of mine caught COVID. So I had to take care of them for a year. Wow. And it was like, oh, you got this full time job. Then, you know, then that, you know, you're able to focus on something else after that. Yeah. But then after that, you have to focus on something else. Yeah. And it's like now there's finally a little bit more space to experiment and like really do more. Yeah. It just feels like a little too late, you know, because like, uh, I think that's every story of everyone's life. Doesn't everything just feel like it's a little too late, you know, like yeah. it's just, yeah, mm -hmm. it's very mm -hmm. interesting. But I think that, I mean, like, especially with your work, I think there's so much opportunity for you to do a crossover in that, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, especially now that I've been able to like, uh, I don't know, it's, um, do you guys know Beautiful Bazaar? Mm-mm. They're like um, a huge magazine in the U.S. that focuses on fantasy art and like fine art painting and things mm -hmm. like that. And they have like a lot of concept artists that, you know, um, work with them as well. And like they had an art prize. They have an annual art prize and that covers different like um, elements of the fine arts like sculpture, um, photography painting and then I was one of the artists they selected for their fine arts mm -hmm. and it was like just such a a good feeling you know because it's when you're in Toronto it just feels like sometimes there's no um it feels like I mean like the walls are this big and there's only like five people that fit in there yeah. you know yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah and the recognition is like very small yeah yeah but it's like to be able to say beautiful czar it feels so much like beautiful bizarre finalist you know in this art prize it like this is what a lot of professionals aspire for mm -hmm. and it's like to be able to get that as like an emerging artist mm -hmm. you know amazing yeah. but that's like another thing about how the institutions will sometimes you know they'll stick with uh yeah uh just yeah. things yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like this like never-ending circle of like you're searching for this next accolade and run by an mm -hmm. institution that is also run like it goes like this mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean I've been very lucky with some stuff in Canada though because it's mm -hmm. like I do feel like there are a lot of people that love you know realist artwork mm -hmm. they really do but I just it, I think it's the market you know right. it's all just like driven by mm, what people already have yeah wanting mm -hmm. to like sustain their own collections like you know very much like oh uh, I just I just got to thinking about nfts for some reason yeah <laughs> someone you know? posted on my facebook the other day what, what is an nft and then someone commented that it's like one of the original like simpsons episode where he's like i have an original itchy and scratchy cell <laughs> and i was like it's basically that but in digital form have you yeah. guys seen that video of paris hilton explaining nfts no oh, no it's so good she like knows exactly what's going on yeah yeah, yeah it's crazy because i guess she like invested a bunch of money in nfts oh, yes. and she's just like yeah you know so funny 
but it is it it was such a huge thing in like april and may and now i feel like i haven't heard anything about it yeah they're going through like that loop that happens every year yeah, yeah, you yeah. know but i feel like that's the thing with nfts too it's a lot of it is you know i have nfts i've invested in you know e-commerce so i really want to rep it so that you get invested so that my stock goes up yeah and i can trade it to you and then it continues yeah, yeah. i mean i don't know much about e-commerce like what no e-commerce no <laughs> like yeah yeah. But yeah i find it's like this like in like like you were just saying you were like repping your own thing yeah it's like this insular circle because you can't just buy an nft first you have to buy bitcoin and a bitcoin wallet and you so there's like so many extra steps yeah. to own this thing that is digital which i think is valid and i think digital artists should be paid and if you're making yeah. digital art great mm-hmm. yeah but then this like through the blockchain thing i'm just like oh yeah yeah so let me give you cash yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean i'm also such like so old school like i love like i don't like ebooks i like having something to hold i feel Mm -hmm. like i'm the same with like artwork like Mm -hmm. i want to i mean honestly that's the way it is with most of america yeah like i've been listening to um a bunch of like art statistics and um, the art newspaper which is like sponsored by sotheby's so it's like do you guys know this this newspaper? No. Well, they're basically talking about how you know so many galleries and musician um, museums went on to um, you know just sell things online and try to have like NFTs and things like that. And the NFTs, yes, yes, that is like Very what valuable. everyone wants to go to. Yeah. But uh, with online auctions, there hasn't been that success mm. because at the end of the day, a lot of people really do want to see it in person. Totally. Mm-hmm. You're spending thousands of dollars on art? Of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, there's like, it's, I don't know. I mean, it just, it kind of bothered me how there were so many galleries and like just museums talking about how, oh, we're absolutely fine. You know, COVID's happening, but we're going strong. In fact, this new online platform, we're going to keep this. You know, meanwhile, museums are selling like masterwork collections at like these prices that shouldn't be there, you know, Mm. and then they end up pulling out that piece of the auction last minute because they're getting cold feet about the purchase. Mm. And it's like, okay, that's pretty weird. I mean, well, let's like just think about like the most famous painting in the world, Mona Lisa, let's say. I mean, people can easily go online and look at a picture of it, yet there are thousands of people every single day that pay those prices to go stand in a crowded room 20 feet away from the Mona Lisa and to look at it. That look, is this you know? big, right? And then take pictures of it. Which yeah. Also, it's like a full circle <laughs> doesn't make sense. It was, so much, it was so much smaller than I expected. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I also looked at it for five minutes and I was like, there's too many. Not even. I was like, there's too many people here. Yeah. yeah let's get out of here. 18-year-old me was not interested. No. <laughs> 18-year-old me. I mean, I don't know. The Mona Lisa, there's a lot of love. But I also, um, I was talking to a friend about it like a couple days ago and they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure one of the big reasons why that painting is so famous is because of the drama associated with it. Like, yeah. Yes. It's a, the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's the legend of the painting, right? Yeah. 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 And like the fact it was stolen at one point, the romanticism in there too, it's and it just gets more and more because people don't believe that it's like the real one there, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Really? I mean, do you think it's a, f- a lot a- of people? I mean, that's like apparently it's like it's a fake. It's like oh. a really good fake, but it's like the real totally. one. Totally. Like, you know, yeah. somewhere. 
deep, 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 deep down. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the AGO, for instance, has a couple gods. Yeah, Yeah. I I would assume a lot, to be honest. Or I would assume there's I would assume there's lots of replicas, and the real ones are like in vaults that are temperature climate Mm -hmm. controlled, so they Mm -hmm. actually last. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would make a lot more sense. Yeah. You know, but I remember there was um I went to the AGO with like another painter friend and they were able to like, they, they had watched a lot of documentaries about like this particular um, artist who had made a lot of uh, counterfeits and they recognized um, a little area where they would put their signature like in the painting. And they told one of the guides this and the guide was like, no way, no way, you know? And then they um, later on, like they visited again and that painting was gone. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know if they were like, oh, it's embarrassing. You know, someone realized it was a fraud. We got to put it away. Or if it was just like, now let's put in a new painting into the collection. Right. You know, it could be either one of those. But, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I wonder (laughs) how long they keep stuff and like how often they rotate collections. Yeah. It is interesting. I also have, like, one more thing I want to... Like, I didn't... When you said that people just want to add to their collections uh, with things that they already have, I literally never thought about it that way before. And then I was like, oh, that makes sense. You want things to, like, be cohesive in your home if you're, like, building an art collection. Mm -hmm. Right? I I mean, yeah, people think of these as their identity. You know, like, I kind of really love um, how everything plays out in a way where... I'm. Oh, God. I mean, like, um, how... Everyone builds their own uh, value to the work. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can invest in a painting as if it is stocks, mm-hmm. things like that. But, you know, some collectors really love it. And this becomes like, you know, they're an artist in the fact that they can collect this fantasy of theirs, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, but, of yeah, of course, it's all like related to money in some way. Oh, that's if not... you can afford original art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. I don't want to take away like the mysticism of the art world in that way, mm-hmm. but you know, cause it does exist for a lot of people. But I think that, yeah, especially recently, you know, with the NFTs, especially it's like, it's not even about the work sometimes. Yeah. You know, I agree. Yeah. Right. It's more about like the, like the hotness of it like the totally oh wow i mean like that's another thing there are millionaire new millionaires that are um like making their own museums and just putting their favorite artists like in the museums and it's interesting because Mm -hmm. there's like there are two different ways to see it it's like okay the culture is in the hands of someone who can have a opinion it's not like a board of people deciding what they want to put in history it's like one person but you can see like the pros and cons in that it's like maybe it's more accessible but maybe at the same time you wouldn't agree with the message they want to put out you know it's like um yeah this is like huge in in china and in europe right now wow people making their own museums Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean it's i mean did we see the lineup for the fucking drake museum the other day when it opened sorry what the drake concert hall no 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 no. like the musician oh he has a museum yeah i swear to god i saw this somewhere he like opened something and it's like curated 
Drake it's becoming content. like a weird <laughs> it's becoming like a weird thing where Drake where Drake and Kanye are just like who can out crazy one another <laughs> oh my God. I mean, you know yeah it's bananas Kanye um sure. on that note we have to ask you a question oh yeah is being an artist fucking killing you uh <laughs> I guess like in the ways that you gotta wait for opportunity but when it comes it's like you just love it I mean this is everything right mm-hmm. this is like what we all do mm-hmm. and what we want to do like our whole lives mm-hmm. so yeah I mean in that way maybe just as much as like growing old is killing you yeah <laughs> it's just not gonna happen it's <laughs> happening no matter what yeah. mm-hmm. thank that. you so much Olivia. Thank, thank you, you. thank you for having me um if people are looking to find you or find your work where do they go so you can find me on Instagram at Olivia DiGregorio. Like, I know that's a little bit hard to spell, maybe, but it's like, um, O-L, oh, God. Really... Just spell it. Yeah. You got it. Take o- your time. L-I-V-I-A-D-I-G-R-E-G-O-R-I-O. And um, I've got an exhibition on at Likely General right now. It's my first solo show called mm. um, Children of Midnight Spring. And, um, yeah, I'm also going to be, like, um, selling a small piece, like, a small original with Everyday Original. Um, yeah, that's going to be, like, coming out later at the end of this month. Cool. Amazing. Thank you so much. If you you like today's episode, if you had any questions, if you want to hit us up, if you want to just say we love you, send us a message, hit us (laughs) up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Go anywhere you stalk your ex, anywhere you creep on the internet, anywhere you spend your time at the end of the night. Um, Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.